May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be always acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. A few months ago, there was news about some prisoners who were going to be released from Guantanamo Bay back in January. Three, in fact, two uh, were released and left, and a third one named Mohammed Ali Abdullah Wazir decided that he did not want to leave. He insisted on staying. Um, He'd been in prison for 14 years. He's been there. He's still there. Um, He's free to leave, to go where they'll send him. Uh, But he's been in prison since he was 22. He's now about 36 years old. So most of his adult life, uh, that's all he knows, is being in prison. And his lawyer... Uh, compared him to a character in the movie The Shawshank Redemption. Do you remember that film? Uh, There's a character in the film named Brooks who's been in prison for 50 years. Uh, He's now probably in his 70s or so. So he spent all of most of his life uh, in prison. And he doesn't want to leave. And so in a vain attempt to stay... He's about to kill one of his friends, a fellow prisoner. He's holding a knife up to his friend's neck, thinking if he kills this guy, they'll keep him in prison for the rest of his life because he doesn't want to leave. Uh, None of the guards see this happening, only his friends who talk him out of it. Um, So he doesn't get in trouble, and he is released, in fact. And the world in 50 years, as you can imagine, in the 20th century has changed so much uh, that he is just... He doesn't know how to live outside of prison. It was all that he was afraid of. Uh, And he ends up killing himself, hanging himself, because he just cannot bear life outside of the prison walls. Before he commits suicide, he writes a letter to several of his friends in prison. And one of the main characters named Red, who's played by Morgan Freeman, after they read the letter, describes Brooks as institutionalized. He's been institutionalized. And he says, these walls are funny. First you hate them, then you get used to them. Enough time passes, you get so you depend on them. Meaning uh, the walls of the prison. And he says he's institutionalized. Now this is uh, this sort of uh, wazir or Brooks phenomenon. It's the kind of thing that you see in the Bible, actually. As Proverbs puts it, Uh, Like a dog that returns to his vomit is a fool who repeats his folly. Uh, We're often like dogs repeating to the vomit. The vomit of of prison, the the shackles, whatever binds us up. Uh, We don't like freedom, actually. Consider Israel after leaving bondage in Egypt. Uh, They were under the oppression of Pharaoh, basically slaves in the nation of Egypt, and they're led by Moses out into the wilderness in freedom uh, through God's power. And when they finally cross the Red Sea and are on the other side, very quickly, very quickly, uh, the word that's often used is they grumbled. They grumbled uh, in the wilderness. They wanted to return to Egypt because they, they knew nothing different. These people had led their whole lives in bondage. Uh, And it's because of this that the Decalogue begins before we're given the law of the Ten Commandments. Yahweh says, I'm the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. 
So he's framing uh, the Decalogue with this statement. Remember who I am. I'm the guy who, who, who let you out of prison, who gave you freedom, who led you out of the bondage of Egypt under Pharaoh. But they long for the apparent comfort of their slavery. Remember when they say, Would that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the meat pots and ate bread to the full. For you, and they're talking to Moses at this point, for you have brought us out into the wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. And here they are in freedom, and they're so blind that they cannot even recognize it. They think it's actually worse. They long for the, what felt like comfort, but probably actually wasn't, uh, the things like the meat pots and the bread that they ate, because they're out here, and it looks nothing like freedom. But Paul, Paul confronts a very similar phenomenon in the, his letter to Galatians. The context of our passage that we read today is that Paul, Galatia was a, a Gentile area, and Paul had evangelized them. A church was started, and when he leaves, some Jewish Christian missionaries come in and teach them a new teaching. That seems contradictory to Paul. And as a matter of fact, they throw him under the bus. And that's why he's writing this letter. And the term that's been used to describe these missionaries that have come in and swooped in behind Paul is Judaizers. uh, Because they teach a message that, yes, Jesus, but you've also got to basically become uh, Jews in terms of fulfilling the law of the Old Covenant. And the main thing that Paul talks about in that letter is circumcision. That they've been taught that they need to circumcise themselves to be identified as Jewish in order to have salvation. And Paul explains that this teaching is a threat to the gospel of God's free grace. His free grace. We cannot receive salvation by doing any works of the law, only in trusting in Jesus Christ alone. And this is what's called, as he says in this very letter, the doctrine of justification by faith alone. Basically, we're justified in God's sight, not by any works of our own doing, as good as they might be, but only because of Jesus and what he's given us. Our new life in him. And so this gospel, this good news, liberates us from legalism or performance-based religion. Unfortunately, we're all... As Red described, Brooks institutionalized. We're like dogs returning to the vomit often. The church is, uh, notoriously perverts the gospel across the board, around the world. No matter what the denomination or ideological spectrum, the church is constantly perverting the gospel of God's free grace because we cannot stand the freedom. We want the bondage. We want the slavery of Egypt again. Uh, and I'm, I'm painting broad strokes here, but often uh, if, if we look across the ideological spectrum on one end or the other in the church, on the sort of more liberal end of the spectrum, it often looks like individual encouragement um, and social works for the collective good. I've even been told that uh, it, it's not just Jesus, uh, it's, it's both Jesus and you've got to also earn it. Even on the liberal end, which felt really oppressive. And on the conservative end of the church, it's usually a message of a guilt or accountability measures to improve our personal behavior or concern about individual piety 
Uh, and these things might be all good and well. Don't get me wrong. You know, I want you to read your Bibles and pray. Those are all great things to do as a response in gratitude for what has been given to you in the gift of Jesus Christ for covering over your guilt and sin and giving you not death but new life. Yes, these are all, it's, we should care for our uh, fellow man, but that's not the thing that's going to give us salvation before God. And so no matter where you are, remember broad strokes, the more liberal or conservative end of the spectrum or somewhere in between, they're all a sort of bait and switch. It's, uh, it's not the word of the law to crush us so that we might hear the good news of God's grace and the gospel, but it's law, gospel, and then a new message of law afterwards. That's exactly what the people uh, in Galatia had heard. A message of law, gospel, law. Or as my friend Jacob Smith, who's a priest up in New York City, likes to call it the gospel. Gospel. It's a confusion. It's no good news. Uh, there's, there's a heaviness on the other end as well. We cannot help ourselves. We cannot, we simply cannot help but uh, we cannot rest in the freedom. A Christian uh, singer-songwriter named Derek Webb, who lives in Nashville, captured this idea in a satirical song called A New Law. And a lot of people, when they listen to the song, don't realize it's satire. They think he, what he sang, he means on his surface. That's often the case with satire. Um, you know The Onion, the, um, the satirical magazine that's online? Uh, Kim Jong-un, the dictator of North Korea, was guilty of this. He read an Onion article, I forget what it was about, and he thought it was, uh, it, it, someone had forwarded it to him, I guess. Um, isn't that funny? Kim Jong-un getting a forwarded Onion article. And he thought it was, he thought it was the truth. There's a Christian version out there called the Babylon Bee, by the way. If you don't want an Onion uh, subscription because that's too low brow, subscribe to the Babylon Bee. They're on fire lately. They must have a new editor. But anyway, I love satire. And that's what's happening here in Derek Webb's song, A New Law, when he uh, tries to speak to all that I'm talking about in terms of gospel. He says, don't teach me about politics and government. Just tell me who to vote for. Don't teach me about truth and beauty. Just label my music. Don't teach me how to live like a free man. Just give me a new law. I don't want to know if the answers aren't easy. So just bring it down from the mountain to me. I want a new law. Give me that new law. Don't teach me about moderation and liberty. I prefer a shot of grape juice. Don't teach me about loving my enemies. Don't teach me how to listen to the spirit. Just give me a new law. I don't want to know if the answers aren't easy, so just bring it down from the mountain for me. I want a new law. Give me that new law. And then he slips out of satire and actually speaks what he's feeling. What's the use in trading a law you can never keep for one you can that cannot give you anything? Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Do not be afraid. So what am I saying here? You know, should we just sort of slough off and phone it in, take it easy? You know, I'm saved by Jesus, no sweat, you know? Uh, just continue to lead a life of licentiousness. As Paul says, when that's, that's common, the common response. As soon as someone hears someone like me preaching the gospel, the common response is, well, should we therefore just keep on sinning? It's even in the Bible, in Romans, where Paul asks that rhetorical question and says, by no means. By no means. That's not what I'm saying at all. Instead, have faith in the work of the Holy Spirit. 
That's what Derek Webb means when he says, listen to the Spirit. This is exactly what Paul is also saying in our passage from Galatians. Here when he talks about the fruits of the Spirit. Or in the Anglican tradition in our 39 articles of religion, the phrase that's used is a true and lively faith. It's alive. It can't help but bear the fruits of the Spirit. As Paul says, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. Or to give you a contemporary word, as Marcus Mumford says in the Mumford and Sons, love, it will not betray you, dismay or enslave you, it will set you free. Be more like the man you were made to be. And you could fill in the blank with love and say, Jesus Christ. Or the good news of free grace, as uh, Paul says here. You know, people often will say, well, that's cheap grace, Matt. Well, Paul says in Galatians, it's free. It's free grace. That's even cheaper than cheap. It's free grace. Love, it will not betray you, dismay, or enslave you. It will set you free to be more like the man or the woman you were made to be. Uh, The fruits of the Spirit can't help but to work inside of you because you've been given uh, this love in Jesus Christ. In other words, those who are in Christ are being sanctified. The law no longer applies to us in terms of final judgment. We're new creations. We're freed slaves. Let's live in light of our freedom. Don't try to go back to Guantanamo. (laughs) Don't try to go back to Egypt. Don't try to go back to Shawshank. For freedom Christ has set you free. Stand firm, therefore. And do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. If you accept the new law of the gospel, Christ will be of no advantage to you. Like the Galatians, you are no longer a slave to sin and death. If you are in Christ, you are no longer a prisoner. Or as Red says, you are no longer in need of being institutionalized. Amen.